Jesus is building a church. We, as his people, labor together with him in that effort for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. Amen. There is only one church, one universal church. Roman, the word Catholic means universal. I didn't know that until Dr. Black shared that with us several years ago from behind this pulpit. But there's only one church. There's only one membership role that counts, and that is in heaven, the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. All those who have received Jesus Christ and have placed their faith and trust in him who have been born again into the kingdom of God, their names are written in that book. That's the only book that counts. Amen. It is the role of God's church. Jesus is continuing to build his church on a daily basis, working 24 hours, seven days a week around the world to build his church. Now, if you remove a grape from a cluster, you get a raisin because it dries up. If you remove Christians from their local congregations, they soon dry up. The church is necessary. It's more than needful. It's necessary. The church makes me part of something that hell can't overcome. Amen. And the Lord called it my church, showing how much Jesus loves, cares for, and protects his people. Twofold. What? I'm a part of something that hell cannot overcome. Now that gives me assurance and peace. Amen. And I'm also a part of what the Lord refers to as his. I am his property. I belong to him when I am a part of, member of his church. And at, here we Acts chapter 12, verse number 4. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers, talking about Peter, to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by who? The church. The local church in Jerusalem was diligently praying for Peter. And I want to confess to you now, I need and appreciate people praying for me. If you're praying for old brother Andy, I want to let you know tonight, I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate the effort that you put into prayer, and I appreciate you praying for me. Most of the folks who pray for me are part of this local congregation. Church folks tell me, Brother Andy, I'm praying for you. You're in my prayers, and that blesses me. Amen. That's part of the function of the local church. In Acts 13 and 1, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who had been called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Take notice of these varied ministers, prophets and teachers, etc., were found in the church at Antioch, a local congregation. Now, the church is praying for those whom the Lord has placed in positions of authority and responsibility. And the church is also a place where there is a variety of folks working together with a common goal. I've screamed this for years. The church is not the Brother Andy Show. And I have no desire for this church to be the Brother Andy Show. Amen. This church is to be composed of various ministers, prophets, teachers. You go on down the line of people who are working together, serving in various functions with a common goal. 
Our goal is to see as many folks saved as we can possibly see before the resurrection trumpet sounds. Amen. What the Lord, the commission he has given the church is to go into the whole world and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, Jesus said, to observe all the things that I have commanded you. That is the responsibility that we are given. But that does not rest on one man. There is a model that, that, you know, that many of us were brought up in, in this house, that is really a little off-center as far as the Scripture is concerned. All the focus being on that one man. It's not to be that way in the local congregation. There is to be a variety of individuals who serving in their place, their function, their membership in the body of Christ, doing what they're supposed to do, working together for that common goal. Amen. I want to see revival here. Amen. Anybody else want to see it but me? Amen. I want to see revival here. I want to see folks come to the Lord here, but I also want to see people discipled here. I want to see folks receiving instruction in the Word of God. Oh, Brother Andy, that's boring. It's not when you see the impact that it makes on a person's life. You bring me somebody that was a, you know, a, a, a drug addict and you, we can go all, all down the adjectives of, of this and of that and the other and the Lord will indeed forgive you of your sins but then you need to learn about him. You need to learn about the new life that the Lord offers all those who place their faith in him. And in order to experience that fully, we need to have various individuals serving in their various places doing this work to produce in the lives of believers an abundant life. I want to see folks get delivered and stay delivered. I want to see folks get saved and stay saved. You know, when the, when the uh, 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 apostles, and I, what was Samaria, where they went to, and they found some disciples, you know, and they said, well, uh, you know, uh, y'all been ba- are y'all saved? Yeah. Have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? We don't know what you're talking about. How were you baptized? We was baptized into John's baptism. Amen. Well, boy, I got good news for you. We have a message to tell folks who've only been given a part of the gospel that there is a complete book of Acts, and it's available to every believer today. Amen. We believe that. We have experienced that, and it is part of the, of the function of the church to be that place of education, if you will, teaching folks that the blessings of God are available for whoever wants them. The table is spread. You know why people don't experience the blessings of God? They don't go to the table and get them. Amen. You know, we used to sing that, you know, uh, uh, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Y'all remember that old song? That's a great old song. And it's, it's, it's scripturally correct. The Lord has set forth a banquet for his people. But God help us. We get so lazy that we refuse to make the effort to come to the table and, uh, and avail ourselves of what the Lord has provided for us. Amen. Help us, Lord. We get this mindset, well, here I am, God, if you can hit me. You know, if you can put a target on me and hit me. That ain't how it works, folks. you got to want it, and you got to come get it. Amen. I wanted the baptism in the, I wasn't raised in a church that taught that. But once I, as, as uh, uh, Sister uh, Dalton uh, would say, saw the light. I, that tickled me she used that phrase. 
Sister Dalton Carroll said, I saw the light. Once I saw the light on the baptism in the Holy Ghost, praise God, I wanted it. And I didn't get it until I sought it, until I went after it, until, uh, until I said, Lord, I'm willing to put in whatever effort is necessary. Whatever you require of me, just let me know because I want this. And you know what happened? Wonder of wonders. I got it. But I had to go to the table and get it. Amen. He just didn't knock me down with it. I said, Lord, here I am. Fill me. And he did. For the church to be healthy and to function, there must be a variety of individuals serving. Not just all focus on, on one guy that's the presiding elder, but that every member of the body of Christ has a function that is necessary for us to be a healthy congregation. Amen. I want to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I appreciate I, I only have one that I know of. And, and I, that was exercise tonight. The gift of interpretation. I don't have the gift of tongues. I, now I have the evidence of tongues, but I don't have the gift of tongues. But I have the gift of interpretation. I want somebody to pop up in this house with the gift of healing. We need gift, we need all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And to do that, that's gonna that's gonna require more than one individual. Amen. But when all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are functioning, then we grow as a healthy congregation in the body of Christ. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse number 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. James 5 and 14, we all know this one. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him. Without the local church, without the local congregation, which elders would I call on if I were sick? Elders of the local congregation are a God-given source of prayer for physical healing. Amen. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of church. Let them anoint him with oil. Let them pray the prayer of faith. Amen. And you know what a bonus is on that? Not only will the Lord touch and, and, and give you recovery, but if you've committed sins, the word of God says he'll forgive them. You can't beat that with a stick. Praise God. I mean, to be sick and then, and then to feel bad. Somebody prayed for me when I was in, I mean, I, you know, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but somebody prayed for me when I was in the hospital over Christmas because I caught that chill and that, and, and that you know, and, and Dr. Froze's death for the nurse come in and brought some warm blankets, and then I went off to sleep. And when I woke up, praise God, I felt better. I wasn't hurting anymore, and I haven't hurt since. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody, some elder, I mean, sometimes you can't get to them. You know, where, you know who's where well, pray for old Brother Andy. But the, the, the function of just the elders in the church, and, and that is one of our responsibilities, to pray for the sick, to anoint with oil, to pray the prayer of faith, to pray and believe God. Amen. Brother Andy, does that mean everybody you're going to pray for is going to get healed? Well, it hadn't so far. But enough of them have that I ain't going to give up on it. Amen. I don't want to be sick again, but if I am, please pray for me, and I'll call the elders of the church. Y'all come and pray for, anoint me with oil. Amen. And that's, that's taking place right here in this altar. The elders of this congregation have anointed me with oil. Now, and I appreciate everybody's prayer, but there's just a specific responsibility here given to the elders to anoint and to pray. That takes place in a local congregation. Verse, Romans chapter 16, verse number 1. Paul says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. In the local congregation, you get to know true servants 
such as you rarely meet in society at large. I find in our church here at SPWC to be a congregation full of saints with sincere servant hearts. The church is composed of three divisions of folks. You have elders, you have deacons, and you have stewards. And here the steward is described as a servant of the church. Now, every member of the church is a steward of the church, one who has responsibility for somebody else's property. We see that in the parables that Jesus spoke. Uh, you know, a, a man uh, left town, went to a far country, left his holdings in the uh, responsibility of a steward that he left behind. And, and what the responsibility of that steward was, the parable of the talents, I'm going to give you this, and you know, and, and you uh, uh, go see what you can uh, make of that, the increase that can take place. Everybody's a steward in the church that is a member of the church, but there are also elders and deacons that fulfill their uh, roles, the ministry of the word, the ministry of tables. But Phoebe here is described as a servant of the church. Now, I believe in serving God. How do we serve God, Brother Andy? It's more than just a personal discipline. It is a responsibility we embrace. We serve God by serving in the church. Amen. Where does that take place? How do we flesh that out? We are to serve in the church. But what happens is, you know, uh, all too many times is that, well, we'll just let, you know, the same half dozen can, you know, that they've done it for years. And that's, that is not the will of God for the church. Every member of the church is a steward and has a responsibility. We are to love and appreciate what the Lord has done for us, especially in this house. Especially in this house. Yeah, we can't get to that place where, well, praise God, we, you know, we've got it made. No, 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 we ain't got it made. We have a responsibility. That's, I believe that's why the, the Spirit led me for a, a theme for this year of increase and our responsibility with uh, working with the Lord to see that increase become a reality. Elders, deacons, stewards, servants of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2 is one of my favorite verses. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. The local church is where you find holy people to those called to be holy. I feel a sense of well-being around people that I know are desiring to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. It is the responsibility of the local church to understand that we've been set apart, sanctified in Christ Jesus, and that we have been called to be holy people. And it is a blessing to be in the presence of holy people in the midst of the local congregation, the church. That's, that, that, that's a blessing. It's a blessing to me personally. Then we go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 28. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, Moses, second prophets, Kenny, third teachers, Dolus, then workers of miracles, several other folks, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Then in the, uh, the 26th verse of the 14th chapter, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. Now here we go. This is what the Lord has done in the first part of this service. The local congregations are places 
to hear God's word, to participate. What does Pentecost mean? Participate. Pentecost, the definition from our perspective, the definition of Pentecost is participate. To participate with others in worship and to be strengthened by spiritual gifts and anointed ministers. God has blessed us. We have one of the, the most outstanding teacher of the word of God that I know is going to be here a week from tomorrow night. His name is Dolus Messer. Now this is Somerville, Georgia. We out here in the northwest corner of Georgia. We in the sticks. We in the middle of the Ch uh, Chattahoochee National Forest. And we have one of the most outstanding teachers of the word of God is going to come to this congregation and minister to us a week from tomorrow night. Let's not take that for granted. Let's be thankful. Amen. We are strengthened by the exercise of spiritual gifts and these anointed ministers. You won't find this at work. You won't find it in the neighborhood. And you won't find it at the ball game. These divine gifts and ministries are placed by God in the church, verse 28. And personally, I love church services where the Holy Spirit's gifts and a variety of anointed ministries are manifest. I appreciate that Ginger got up and testified tonight. I appreciate that Brother Greg got up and testified tonight. If you have a good word to say for the Lord, <coughs> all you have to do is get my attention. You know what? If three or four of you would have jumped up and testified, I probably wouldn't have preached tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's, just, but it, it, it's, it's that it is that sense of liberty to stand and say, I just want to give a testimony for the Lord. That strengthens us. We're overcomers. How? By the blood of the Lamb and what did Jesus? By the word of our testimony, the book of Revelation says. We ought to testify. If God does something good for you, please share it with everybody else. Please just raise your hand or stand up. Brother Andy, can I say a word? How many times have you ever heard me tell somebody to sit down? Never. Y'all want to hear it. I was sick. The Lord touched me. I feel better. Praise God. I was broke as a convict. I had bills to pay. And, and God miraculously intervened in my behalf. I want to hear it. I was down and out, and the Lord lifted me up. Share that with me and everybody else in church. Amen. That's what church is. Church isn't a, an arena for, uh, for entertainment. It's not a business. It's a family of people who love God and love one another. I'm encouraged to be in the midst of a congregation who is interested in my welfare. I appreciate the fact that your heart's desire for me is God's best, and my heart's desire for you is God's best. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you blessed. You can't wear socks. Amen. I want God to bless your socks off. How many of you? Now, some of you will remember this. Sister Bolden, God love her. She'd come to the house of God, have that hair. That hair was the same all the years. Since the first time I met her, when I met Dorothy, I met her mama. And her mama's hairstyle never changed. It was, uh, you know, and that's not a criticism. That's just praise. Now, did it ever? How many of y'all know? Did get Malcolm? You ain't never changed, did he? That hairstyle was, and that hairstyle was courtesy of bobby pins. And when Sister Bolin got in the spirit, them bobby pins had to obey the laws of physics. They had to fly. 
And I picked her bobby pins up off this carpet more times than once after the Spirit of the Lord got older. But it was a, a source of blessing for me. I'm encouraged by that. Amen. Open your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to bless you. You never know who's watching you and who is going to receive a blessing from you being blessed. Praise God. Well, there's hope there. God's no respecter of persons. And this may shock you, but he loves me just as much as he loves Eileen Bowling. Amen. There's no, with God, there is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. So as we come together, we're all to participate and to worship. We've, we're given an opportunity to worship God at the beginning of every service. I don't make you sit through 45 minutes of my lecturing before you have an opportunity to worship. We worship first. Why? Because worship comes first. Now, the, the ministry of the word important? Absolutely. But I can stand up here and absolutely bore you and myself, and I've done it before, bore you and myself to tears and absolutely nothing be accomplished. And I have seen people obey the Spirit of God and receive blessings from heaven and something with eternal value take place. And is accomplished. That only happens when we make our minds up. I'm coming to church to worship God. That don't mean you have to worship like Sister Boland did. Or like Brother Andy does. Or, or, or anybody else. Worship the way you do. I've seen folks worship, you know, and they run. I've seen folks worship and jump. I've seen folks worship just stand there and squall. And their worship is just as valid and sincere as anybody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. But open your heart up to the Lord and allow him to touch you. Amen. And, and, if, and if he gives you opportunity, contribute, participate to the upbuilding of the entire kingdom of God. 1 Timothy 3 and 14, Paul writes these things. I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the pillar of the truth. Not the university, not the TV, not Hollywood, not Fox News, not CNN, not the Democratic or the Republican Party. But the church is the pillar of the truth. So we come to this summary, praise God. Why do I love the church? It plugs me into a spiritual family and provides spiritual covering and accountability for my life. They, some folks don't want that accountability. But it is necessary, and it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. Obey those who have the rule over you, not in a dictatorial sense, but those who love you and desire the best for you. It makes me part of something that even hell can't overcome. Glory to God. Why are we still here? We shouldn't be, because the current uh, uh, church, I hate to call it logic, would dictate that we never should have made it. But we made it. You know why? Because God's faithful. I'm glad to be a part of something. Hell will not overcome the church. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to get a hold of that now. Hell will never overcome the church. Amen. Is it necessary, you know, that, uh, that I attach myself to a con You need to. It's for your benefit. It puts people in my life who will pray for me. Amen. It provides exposure 
to various ministers, more than just old Brother Andy. Got Brother Dolas coming, got Brother Kenny Morris coming. God has blessed us with the best of the best. Sometimes it just amazes me. I mean, and we forget because most of us are born and raised here like me. We forget where we are. We on the backside nowhere, children. We live in one of the poorest counties in the entire state of Georgia, which is the largest state east of the Mississippi River. Help us, Jesus. And yet, in spite of all that, God has blessed us. And look, we're going to give an account for this. This is a dangerous place to come to church. We ain't got nobody to blame. I ain't got an overseer. I can say, well, God, you know, he wouldn't. No. The Lord said, I have opened a door for you that no man can shut. I made you the head, not the tail. What are we going to, what, what, what possible excuse can we give him when he has provided everything we, we need to succeed? It encourages my soul having strong elders around me. It encourages my soul having true servants around me. It encourages my soul having holy people around me. It gives me a place to experience with others the worship of God, <coughs> the word of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and God called ministers. It locks me into the pillar of truth on the earth, the church of the living God. For these reasons, I love the church. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to save the church. Who's going to heaven, Brother Andy? The church. In whom does the Spirit of God abide the church? Amen. Not necessarily the brick and mortar that constitute this physical building, but the church is made up, it's a living organism. It is made up of those who have received Christ as their Savior. Amen. In whom does the Spirit of God abide? The church. Amen. You won't find Jesus? Go to church. Now why? He's here. He's here tonight. He's here right now. Oh, brother, you I know Jesus. Yes, he is. Why? Because he said, whether two or more of you are gathered together in my name, I'll be there. But we forget about that when we, <laughs> I, I promise you, if the governor of Georgia came to this church, for, and I don't even know, I forgot who it is, Kemp, thank you, Lord. If he, if he called me up and said, Pastor Hutchins, I want to come be in service. I said, yeah, sure, man, come on, be in church. He'd walk in here. Some of us may recognize him. Some of us might not, except for his bodyguards. And he sat down. But, boy, when word got out, the governor's in here. While we'd all, you know, a greater than the governor is here. A greater than the governor is here. I've shared it with you. It's been several months ago, Dorothy and I. And you know it has to do something with eating. Uh, was that Cracker Barrel in... Uh, Ringo, and uh, we were standing there waiting at the little desk. I, some of you hadn't heard this. Some of you, yeah. to wait, you know, do a cracker where I go up, give him your name, and you wait. And this guy come up that I'd never seen before in my life and invaded my personal space. If I don't know you, don't invade my personal space. Don't hug me unless I'm related to you, but that's a different sermon. He invaded my personal space. He said, hey, man, you know what? <laughs> I said, what? He said, Jimmy Carter's in there. I said, get out of town. He said, he is. I said, I'll be dog. He said, yeah, that's something, ain't it? So we go in, you know. 
And everybody in that place, once they found out Jimmy Carter, who ain't even president no more, was in the house, there was a buzz. Did it affect my wife? I'm going to go up and talk, Miss Carter. I said, baby, you get close to her. I said, that Secret Service guy will blow you all over this county. No, he won't. I'm going to go. I said, honey, please don't. I'm going to go up there. And, of course, she went on. I sat back wondering what kind of insurance they had anyway. <laughs> and she went up. I mean, she didn't barge into Miss Carter, but, I mean, she let Miss Carter know she liked to speak to her. And Miss Carter, you know, beckoned her to come on, which meant the Secret Service was not going to throw her down on the floor and put her in handcuffs. And she had a real nice conversation. But my point is this. When it's somebody that we are, ooh, ah, ooh, the president. I mean, that guy, he was freaking out. Man, you know who's in there? He's all big-eyed. Jimmy Carter's in there. I'm a dog. Help us, Jesus. A greater than Abraham is here. A greater than Elijah is here. A greater than Paul is here. A greater than Peter is here. A greater than, I can go on down the list. And most certainly a greater than Andy is here. When we come together, and it's, it's lost because we are so consumed about our problems and our issues and our all the, 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 the muck and the mire and the mess that we have to wade in all week. And when we come to church, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Now I'm the pastor, okay? I'm not preaching down to nobody. I'm preaching to me. But when we come together, he is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Glory, glory. Praise God forever. He is here. Amen. Is the local congregation important? Yeah, huh? Why? Because Jesus is here when we come together. You know, over the years, folks asked me about youth camp. Yeah. It's, that's on the Gulf Coast. Yeah. That's a long way from y'all. Yeah. 400 miles. Why do y'all travel 400 miles to go to youth camp? Because it's the one Jesus goes to. He's been there every year I've been there. Amen. It's worth the drive just because I know he's going to be there when we get there from, from the get-go. From the, from the opening statement until we dismiss that last morning. The local church, I love it. I love the people of God. I, I love experiencing the, the presence of God. I love the fact that the Lord has blessed us with liberty, that we can participate in worship, that we can praise God, that we can testify. We can say, Brother Andy, I, I got to testify. Don't but I mean, when you're about to bust... Anybody ever had a testimony that was just you almost you're going to bust? I gotta I gotta say it. I have to declare the goodness of God. It has to come out of my mouth. I have to verbalize. I have to tell somebody how good God is. Exactly what Sister Ginger did tonight. I gotta tell somebody how powerful He is. I was way out there, but He came to me. He covered the distance. I was stuck in the bottom of a hole. In, the, in mud and could not help myself. And he reached way down and pulled me out. Amen. We have good news to bring. There's a world full of lost people who are looking for a church. Looking for a church. There are folks today who are miserable because the devil has lied to them. If you drink this brand of liquor, you'll be cool. No, you'll get drunk, then you have a headache when you're hungover. 
If you uh, engage in this lifestyle, you'll be satisfied. You do it, you're not satisfied, and then you come down with a disease. Amen? You'll do this, that, or the other, and then this, that, or the other never pans out because all the devil's apples have worms and their lies. There has to be a place, the pillar and ground of truth, where somebody who is asking eternal questions, who am I, why am I here, and is there more to life than this? can experience the truth of this book. And we can tell them, flat-footed, I have good news to bring. There is power in the gospel to forgive you of your sins and give you peace in your heart and in your life, to give you purpose for living. You're not just occupying space and time, but there is a reason for you to live. Amen. And that is to serve the Lord and to do so with gladness. Amen. That's why we're here. Is, is there power? Yes. What about what the, the Bible says about, you know, the day of Pentecost? Hey, guess what? Those who preach cessation are, are missed it. Amen. Jesus is still baptizing his children in the Holy Ghost and fire. He is still doing it. Amen. And, and the, why does the devil fight that as hard as he does? Because, man, he does. Man, people, uh, the devil fights folks from coming and being in, in that environment where the Spirit of God is honored and welcomed. Because he knows when the Holy Ghost moves on an individual, you may backslide, but you'll never forget it. And you'll never be the same. Amen. And you know what else? That means that no matter what a person's life story may be, and this is what I pray to God gets out in this community about this congregation. Now, no matter what your life story may be, there is a place where you can go and experience the presence of the Lord. There is an altar where you can pray, where you can lift up your hands to heaven and you can receive the blessings and benefits from God Almighty. There is a place where you can get help. There is a place where you can find purpose for life. Amen. And that's the church. That's us. I, I haven't shared this with you to pump ourselves up, but to make us humble and understand our responsibility to God as a congregation of his people, his property, those who have believed in him. And now we're going to serve one of those functions. Intercessory prayer is not just the last thing we do before we leave here and go get something to eat. Intercessory prayer is important because there are people who would rather be here than where they are. Amen. I'd rather been been in Christmas here than where I was. There are folks that are hurting. There are folks that are mourning the loss of loved ones. There are folks who need to be comforted. There are folks who need somebody to intercede for them, to stand in the gap. There are folks who are too weak to pray for themselves, and they need somebody to pray for them. And you know who that is? That's us. Intercessory prayer ain't just going through the motions. We pray with faith, believing that God hears our prayers and that he will do something about it. My mind goes back to that Wednesday night years ago. Gail Chastain and I see you at Redmond Hospital. She had that turtle on that, that enabled her to breathe. And she'd had it on too long. And they said, if you don't get 
we can't get this off of her, she'll never get it off. On a Wednesday night, a handful of us who were here on a Wednesday night, we got together and prayed for Gail Chastain. Oh, Lord, please intervene in Sister Gail's life. Please touch her body. Please do that for her. I went to the hospital Thursday morning to see about her. I was there at the visiting time for ICU, and they never called us back. And we got to talking, and somebody said, well, I called back there to check on whoever. And they said they was working with somebody. That's why they hadn't let us go back to visit yet. Well, I didn't know who they was working on. So I just sat and wait for a few minutes. Then they finally called all of us back. So I go back to check on Gail. Guess what? She ain't wearing a turtle anymore. She was the one they were working on. They took the turtle off. Praise God. Now, don't sit there and tell me that the church praying on a Wednesday night didn't have anything to do with them taking that off her on Thursday morning. It did. Our prayers are not in vain. Amen. Our prayers are worth the effort because somebody needs them desperately. Now, we went through a whole list this morning of folks. We got folks that are like Brother and Sister Meadows that are mourning the loss of, of their son. The funeral was yesterday. And, and we've got other, I think I had a couple more I put on here for tonight. The family of Joe Trammell, want to remember them tonight. 